I know. Hold your groans. My voice. It's never, it's never a good thing when those are the first tones you hear um, coming across. It is your boy, Arby Richard here, and I'm with, as always, or most of the time, with Brian. What's up, man? Hey, dude. How's it going? We're down a man tonight. We're down Kent. Um, mm, Kent addition is, by subtraction. Mm-hmm. It is. 100, Ewing theory. <laughs> Kent's just right. out there doing Kent stuff, man. He's doing right. Kent things. Right. Um, no, Kent's out there. He's at the Eagles concert mm, or the Eagles game. Yeah, sure. It was a lot of confusion, a little inside <laughs> baseball yesterday because Kent told us he was going to have to miss Monday's podcast because he was taking his mom to the Eagles and Kent works in football and worked for the Cowboys <laughs> for a long time. So Brian and I both thought it was next Monday when the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are in town for Monday night football. Right. So we had kind of worked the schedule around that. And then it turns out it was this Monday for the band, mm-hmm. the Eagles. Right, so, right. Kent was uh, not wrong. It was just right. a lot of very specific context that made Brian and I think Philadelphia Eagles. He, yeah, we were very confused. Yeah. I felt stupid, and then I was like, no, I, I think I'm right. To we were feel, all to be right. Confused by it was this. the yes. rare <laughs> communication where no one was the <laughs> yeah. idiot. Yeah. We all had perfectly good reasons to say right. or think what we thought, but they were all completely wrong things. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good cover, help, but... But the real reason he's not here yeah. is uh, because last week on our 750th episode, mm-hmm. uh, he mentioned he had Linda Cardellini on his list. Yeah. And so you and I immediately sued him as soon as the as the episode was yep. over. Uh, we had a lawsuit filed. He was very cocky about he was going to win this, that they had no no legal standing. But unfortunately for him, the judge was Minkus. So uh, we <laughs> exactly. he just said, CT, he said, according to Banga forever, and he ruled in our favor. So yep. Kent is suspended for at least one week. He, Minkus was like, if I can't have her, only Corey can. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So anyway, that was... Uh, that was that's where Kent is. He's he's taking it easy. So, mm-hmm. How many yeah, of those do you think I can some, work in? He's got a peaceful, easy feeling right now. <laughs> Donovan McNabb. Okay, <laughs> so so we are here. We're doing this. Uh, we're gonna. These are fun. We we uh, again a little story of the show. We used to do movie news on every episode, mm. and uh, it got to be a bit of a stretch because there's not always movie always movie news. And so we kind of felt like we had to do it. And then people would complain, like, especially new <laughs> listeners that don't really care about our banter would come in and go, I <laughs> really wanted this review of Mortal Kombat. And I had to listen to these three idiots talk about nonsense for 40 minutes because movie news tends to be long winded because it's quick and you're talking, mov- you're talking stuff sure. and it's more conversational. So we decided um, to break it off into its own episode, like a month before all movie news went away forever <laughs> because of the pandemic. And so right. it turned out to be kind of fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd kind of changed the format of the show right before that. But we, our intent was to do movie news twice a month. Yeah. There just hasn't been much for a while. Yeah. Um, we all have schedules too. It's yeah. weird. We all have, we have, you know, like I mean, we've done 750 episodes. You guys can yeah. calm it down. But we do love to do these episodes. And yeah. I think as the world, hopefully this time, begins to return to normal there will be bigger announcements and things in the biz and by the biz i of course mean the industry mm-hmm. um for us to talk about and get hyped about and talk about this is kind of the um tends to be sometimes the stuff is like a oh a, a big you know 
box office performer or something the past weekend. But a lot of times it's stuff that's like two years out. Oh, this is happening, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Yeah. And that's really fun to talk about A in the moment, but also when it does come out and it's crap or it's awesome and we thought it would be crap or whatever, it's kind of fun. It creates that sort of paradigm. So we Mm -hmm. do like doing movie news and we will hope to continue uh, to do it. And by movie news, it's really just entertainment news Mm -hmm. because movies don't exist anymore, really. It's all one we're, thing. We're all in a movie, in, right? In one manner of speaking, you know, this is this is it's <laughs> everything's a movie. So we're starting. To, we'll start with with uh, this is just kind of some trailer drippage. We we we've got some trailers starting to trickle out for what I call serious movie season. You know, there's there's it's kind of two seasons now. It used to be like three or four, but now it's like summer goes from February to October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then (laughs) climate change is real in the movie industry as well. Yeah, it turns out (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And then from early November um, through end of January, yeah, is Oscar season or serious (laughs) movie season. Sure, even the blockbuster movies tend to be a little more serious Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. on the whole. There's of course exceptions on both sides. So the movies, the first serious movie season, are st- the trailers rather, are starting to trickle out. So we'll just go these um, huge news in the MAM community. Chappie is back. <laughs> Were you shocked? This was a this hit. I mean, this was the surprise of the century. Yeah. That yeah. Chappie has returned. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> of the three main characters in Chappie, Chappie's the only one who's acceptable in 2021. That, uh, that's actually so. true. If you ha- it got into my head, one character from Chappie has to continue on in another universe. Right. Uh-huh. I'm picking Chappie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's got to be Chappie. It's got to be Chappie. Uh, remember Chappie. that Hugh Jackman is in that movie? Super weird. Um, yeah, that's right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, you were the first one that I saw make the Chappie joke regarding the Finch trailer, and now that's all. I can't unsee it, you know? Then I, I went and I watched the trailer, and I was like, dadgummit, it really does look like Chappie. Like, it this does. is It does look like the evolution of Chappie. Uh, so it's gonna that's where we're at at this point. Third act reveal. <laughs> and it's all going to tie, tie together. Right. And with the mm-hmm. like Halo movie or something, uh-huh. too. It'll yeah. all be Blomkampted. Right, right. <laughs> Tom Hanks, man. The guy is nothing if not prolific. He's out there, man. He's he's. You, uh, you're the, you're a bigger Hank stand than me. I mean, I adore Tom Hanks. I think he's mm-hmm. the, the great yes. American actor of his era. Don't get me wrong, but you, right. you especially are, Larry Crown. You you have a poster of Larry mm-hmm. Crown right behind a, a you. When I saw the Emmys and saw Crown swept, I was like, heck mm-hmm. yeah, I did. finally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got on my Vespa, and then I rode around town. And when I got back, I found out it, there's a show called The Crown. Right. Um, Shocking and devastating information um, got, for everybody. I have a everybody little blue Vespa with Larry Ground bumper stickers all over the back, the poster <laughs> in bumper sticker form. <laughs> that would be a pretty great bit. Yeah. Uh, man, Kent is not here to rein us in, and it is it is going to be a free-for-all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that would be a great great bit to, to campaign for... 2014's Larry Crown uh, to be cut up into installments so it could win like <laughs> limited series or something. <laughs> just, just really put a lot of money and and effort into uh, into campaigning for it. That'd it kind of be like the flat, day. the Earth is flat guy that has that car <laughs> sure. with all the crap on it, but it's yeah. all around Larry Crown. <laughs> just um, so niche. Yeah. Everybody's we just have a really so good niche bit. I think we can share it on the pod. Um, because I don't know if we'll ever do it. But one of our better bits we've come up with the last few months is, uh, and I was reminded of it this weekend, I was at Lowe's, uh, the home improvement store. Mm-hmm. I was just getting a hot dog. 
And right. um, no, I was getting uh, stuff and, and they have like a weird, really, I would love to know the distribution of this, but if you've ever noticed at these hardware stores, they have like a uh, um, magazine rack, you mm-hmm. know? Right, and it's got all it's like a bunch of stuff with Bob Vila and stuff, but they have a couple of those one-off magazines that are just about a pop star. They had like mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo sure. magazine, you yeah. know, next to Harry Styles magazine. Don't mm-hmm. know why this is at Lowe's Home right. Improvement, big seller in Lowe's. Harry yeah. Styles, Foreman, yeah. Foreman love some Olivia Rodrigo content. <laughs> right. So, right. anyway, you and I have decided if we can get it well made. Mm-hmm. That we're going to start producing these about random character actors, and then just leaving them in grocery <laughs> stores and like Lowe's yeah. and Barnes and Noble and stuff, so that people are walking like they made a whole, whole, <laughs> whole magazine about Jim O'Hare, the guy that played Jerry Gergich <laughs> in Parks and Rec, and it's and like, like all these little blurbs, forty-seven like, pages, yeah, yeah, glossy, like a real th- thick magazine. Oh yeah, that's the uh, best part of the bit. We really write the magazine. Right, it will take yeah. us months. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. And we kind of disperse these around the world like <laughs> weird Johnny Appleseed and put them all over the <laughs> just just to confuse people. Just yeah. there's no payoff for us unless we also set up uh, cameras or something to where we can we can see the reaction. So but. Brian and I have about six jobs each mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> lack industrial grade printing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. either of you are find yourself underemployed and have yeah uh, access to, it's got to look good that's key don't do like some word document right. pdf crap it's got to look right. like a real mag for the gag see what i did there <laughs> you you're yeah. welcome to this bit we'll take a footnote in the back of it for an yeah. idea just thank but, us uh, that's all yeah. yeah can't do all the ideas we come up with uh, yeah absolutely not but that's one of the better ones day, the last really. few months so yeah. we can sh- one of the ones fun. we have the spare <laughs> it's good it's good yes um yeah so anyway so we've got some trailers we've got finch which is the the fake chappy movie what do you think of that um it's got hanks in it so yeah. that helps um i think the concept looks fun it looks this movie's been out there for a long time like it was on i believe it was on the schedule for 2020 pre-covid okay. and it, i'm it might have even been 2019 but it's it's been out there for a long time it used to be called bios um okay and then it, it changed over to finch name. and yeah 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 uh so i've been aware of it for a while i like sci-fi and i like I like this kind of sci-fi too. That's like it, that. It's sort of stuck in between super low budget and and a high budget or high concept mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. Um, Hanks plus a dog sounds cool. Robot was yeah, maybe a little, little less about the cool. Dog. Yeah, a little worried about the dog. Same, like same here. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely gonna have to read does the dog die dot com or whatever that one website is. Sure, but I need. Sure. Yeah, it was one of those things. One critique is I'm looking at the at the poster here. It's got the Apple TV Plus logo, and it says an Apple original film. Mm-hmm. If you were to take Photoshop both of those out, I would still be able to tell you 100 percent that's going to be an Apple TV. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Plus. No, that's a good. Seriously. Um, yeah. Um, but it just screams streaming. Yeah. You know? Which is fine. That's I like. I'm not knocking that, but it there at a certain point. <sighs> Streamers. He has a blacklist script though, which is encouraging. Yeah, exactly. But Robert exactly. Zemeckis is producing it, right? So Plus. it's it's, it's so. pros and cons, man. Yeah. It's 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 up down. Um, I have a feeling that if I watch, I watched that trailer three minutes before we started uh, recording. If it had starred not Tom Hanks, I think I probably would have been like, "Oof, I'm gonna watch it because I like sci-fi and mm-hmm. this seems like a, an interesting concept." But it didn't look great yeah. but because hanks is in it he kind of brings some pedigree to the table and 
can elevate material. And I mean, he has misses too. We just talked about Larry Crown and whatnot. So what? it could happen, but it's an interesting idea. And I didn't think the trailer was bad, but I also was not like, yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. I'm sold by, by this trailer. That's well, kind of, uh, whatever the 2021 equivalent is. I, I will look forward to watching that on an airplane. Sure. Like I'm not, sure. I'm not going to just put it. I'll be excited. If that showed up on the little Delta screen, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, right on. I'm going right. to, which is a compliment in some way. Sure. No. Uh, Kale Andrew Jones plays the robot, by the way. Okay. So and, not. Uh, so <laughs> not Ninja. Dal- that's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. Dallas's own G- Garland's own, the greatest no, suburb right. <laughs> in Dallas. I think we can all agree on that. Obviously, yeah, that's yeah. universal. That's across the board. <laughs> um. Okay. Next trailer is uh. Well, Halloween Kills stuff. That's right around the corner. Sure. Brian's going to say that looks cool and I'm never going to see it. So we're moving on. <laughs> Deal? It's on Peacock, so I have a chance of... I, I watched the last one. I like the Halloween movies. Yeah, of, I like Halloween too. Of, of, as far as my, my horror appetite goes, um, I, I, I like the Halloween Me movies. Too. I think the concept on this is cool. Like the, the idea of we're kind of bringing this thing full circle. He's Michael Myers is after all the kids who survived 40 years ago. Like, okay, yeah. that's fun. It's one I just I tire of these because it's... Before. Yeah, totally. I tire of these because it 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 they play by the same script over and over. It seems like of you know we're gonna find ways for Michael to kill people in weird ways, more disgusting ways every time. Um, he's going to uh, he's going to die at the end, but not really. We're just gonna keep rolling it back. So um, you're firmly it, only team Rob Zombie Halloween. Mm-hmm, yeah, in everything, in, every, um, in life. Yeah, yeah, life. I would say Wolf movies, Tom. music. Uh, theology, obviously, he's my he's my leader in that the department as well. Uh, yeah, that's big, a great. He's he's on the real. Uh, he's on the. Um, people are always in a hurry to tell you what a nice guy he is. You ever notice that? That's a list. <laughs> sure. Like, All right, yeah. I got it. He still creeps yeah. me out. Like no, but right. seriously, like he's a super nice guy. He's real. Right. He tips. Yeah. He tips twenty eight percent. Okay, great. Rob Zombie's a nice guy. Cool. Yeah. It's like cool, man. Um, because you never hear that about uh, like Marilyn Manson, and obviously that no, is that is exactly. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great that's thing. cool that he's not he's nicer right. than his like scary. I'm look, also gonna like, be real nervous if I'm in the same room as right. him. Always, people that's that never gonna change. Really yeah. like him are always yeah. in a they they will sprint up to you to <laughs> yes. tell you that he's a, actually a pretty nice guy, and it's all just mm-hmm. kind of a you're like all right, <laughs> right. stop. I don't know you. All right, <laughs> right. next. That's up. fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Next up, we'll go. Let's talk about um, Matrix Four because you and I have actually texted a bit about this trailer. Because this was a this was the first kind of big trailer drop in a while, like just in the culture. Like people were doing bits with it. There was it was mm-hmm. meme pretty quickly. I guess the right enough amount of time, you know, the nostalgia part, at least on the first film. Sure. This felt a bit like an event. I can't remember. Um, you know the last. I mean, there's a couple of these every year. I just can't think of. But this this definitely hit the the zeitgeist button. Great song mm-hmm. use. There's a lot to like about the trailer. Yeah, you know, like you and I said, until the effects start, <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, cool. This kind of has that John Wicky kind of Keanu. They're using. They're tapping into that. Here sure. we go. And then you're like, and then it gets real. Matrix Revolutions. You're pretty quick. <laughs> um. So, what were your thoughts on it? Um. I just, I just don't like the Matrix world yeah. at all, and and it was very interesting because I said essentially that in our Discord, you know, without I tried really hard not to be like, 
uh, Debbie Downer guy of like, no, actually, this thing sucks that you guys are all really excited about. Um, I just think of, I think the Matrix is so of a time. And when we did our review of this several several years ago, uh, you you said, and I agree with you, um, that essentially, and if I butcher your point, you know, correct me, but essentially, somebody was going to make that movie at some point in that time period. And, um, it, it so happened that the Wachowskis made it and it is what it Mm -hmm. is. I just remember feeling like I was really into the matrix and I still like, if we graded the matrix, if I watched the matrix today and we graded it out, I probably still would give it like an a minus or something. Like I, I still think it has value as a movie and it's, there's some, there's some sequences that are really good and there's some good stuff with it. Um, but it is, it just feels so 1999 to me and to the point that like, I think part of the reason that the the sequels weren't as successful, part of it was because they weren't well done, mm-hmm. but but part of it is people were tired of the Matrix, uh, Matrix aesthetic and um, just its overall like kind of concept and stuff. Four years later, and that was twenty plus years ago. So it's very odd to me that if if people who are our age that are like super into the matrix four, I totally get it. I, I fully understand. We have a lot of listeners who are a lot who are quite a bit younger than mm-hmm. us. And a lot of them seem to be excited about it now. And it's, that's a little strange to me just because I don't think that it holds up very well at all. I think it's, it's, it's almost like a cultural phenomenon more than it is a movie at this point. And that's fine, but I'm not super pumped to go back to that, I guess. So it's totally fair. It's a strange thing, but I, I will say this, like it, you know, we, I had a lot of pushback on that in our discord. Totally fair. Some people were really excited about it and that's, that's great. But I also then had a lot of people that, uh, texted or emailed or, or DM'd afterwards or whatever. I'm just like, I think this looks terrible. Mm-hmm. I, or I watched the matrix for the first time after that trailer came out and it's terrible. I can't, like, I don't understand why, why people are into this. So it's, I feel like it's probably going to be very, very divisive when it, when it comes out. Um, and I, I don't really know what to expect on that, but I'm, you're totally right. The trailer for the first minute, minute and a half, I was like, okay, this is pretty solid. Like I'm kind of into this. And then it really jumps back into the aesthetic of the matrix at, at that point. And I'm just like, no, I'm, it's kind of not, it's, it's not super easy on the eyes for me personally. Yeah, uh, same. I mean, it was, it was, it's that thing about where you tried to build a future based on a lot of trends of the right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, I get it. It's like a hard thing to avoid, but it, it's not aged particularly mm-hmm. well. Um, they, the Wachowskis too have, you know, we've talked about this with Zemeckis. We've talked about this with a few other filmmakers. Um, just a, a, a sensibility that is is grating to me like as a mm-hmm. as an audience like it's just i get it i totally understand how innovative they were in their time and um you know they've done you know both sisters have done some really cool stuff you know um mm-hmm. in like bits and pieces but I, I don't think their career on the whole is particularly successful to to me you know obviously there's been some huge whiffs that we've made fun of a ton on the show sure um but you know i get i really do understand why they got the first five chances they got (laughs) Mm -hmm. sure um but 
the last few have been a little jarring because I think they've gone. I get going back to the Matrix. Well, both from a studio point of view, I think if look, if I think this would be a pretty big hit. I don't really know what hits are right now. They're hard to quantify with with mm-hmm. streaming and everything. But if if we were in the traditional movie theater system, I I actually do think uh, this would be a hit just from nostalgia and buzz alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand. I understand doing it, even if it's not very good. I I hope it's good. Like I said, there's there are some cool things in that trailer. Um, mm-hmm. And and Keanu is certainly like in this repeak. I get wanting to sure. do it. And I think there will be many moments in this film where you you and I even look at each other and go, oh, that was pretty cool. But then, sure, I yeah. you know, and also that just speaking very sort of myopically about like the story of that movie, those movies is all like hype and then kind of goes nowhere and says nothing. And so, yeah, no, every totally time agree. I'm kind of yeah. disappointed at. Yeah, these quote unquote like philosophical ma- masterpieces that are kind of like um, remember that that character Armisen used to do on Weekend Update, the political comedian where he'd hold all the newspapers but then say nothing. Yes, he'd say like uh-huh. Wall Street Journal says yeah. um, <laughs> you guys are gonna love this one. <laughs> um, that's right. like how they are philosophically to me, and then there's never any mm-hmm. like they never finish the sentence. Um, sure. Which look, they're not philosophers, they're filmmakers, but like this, these movies are always supposed to be like where right. we like go next in terms of right uh our relationship with technology in the world and you go okay geez okay well this seems kind of so anyway right. we'll see i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about it i think it'll be a hit i think a lot of people will dig it which is a lot more than you can say about the matrix sequels mm-hmm. and you know if it improves the legacy even five percent it's worth doing because it'll you know if there's money to be made it'll make money so that's, that's sure. my thoughts on that one yeah, no, I think that's very fair. I I hope that the movie's good, um, for for myriad reasons. So Jinko's come back. <laughs> yeah, so we can finally, finally get back to my spandex pants. Um, I yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's good. I I don't ha- it, to me. It's like I think you kind of said this, but but this what I would say is like I feel like it's a because of the property and because how people feel about the property, I think it's a, a good gamble from the studio standpoint. I just don't really completely understand being excited about it. Given what we saw in the two matrix sequels, I haven't seen speed racer since it came out. It now has like a, like a, a, a fan boy group at this point. So I'll probably rewatch that one before this movie comes out. Um, but it did not. It was not well received at the time, and I thought it was terrible at the time. Maybe, maybe I would change my opinion now. That does happen occasionally, so I'll give that one another shot. But I hate Cloud Atlas. Jupiter Sending is one of the worst movies we've seen in the Mad About Movies era. It's it's just like it's kind of odd to me to to feel like this is going to be uh, good given the track record for Lana Wachowski and and the Wachowskis. At, you know. Comp- together so I, I i don't know i mean i i, I guess it's one of those where like i kind of hope i'm wrong but my my attitude i'll, I'll stay uh sort of uh, uh at, at best uh kind of agnostic to it at the moment but we'll see same um and then last uh last trailer we'll talk about for now i'm still waiting on that you know me i'm waiting on that licorice pizza trailer uh but that hasn't <laughs> yes. hit yet yes. but uh we'll talk uh, what do you think about the west side story story trailer it looks good. It does. It looks good. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a musical guy. I, sure. uh, but if one were to ask me my favorite musical, that is what I would say. I like West Side Story. So, sure. in terms of like the classics of the genre, not like, you know, Book yeah. of Mormon and Hamilton and stuff like that. But, right. No, I, I probably would say the same. I'm not a, 
I, my mom was a big musical mm-hmm. watcher and I really wasn't, but West Side Story is one that is um, quite, quite well done and has a lot of, especially in terms of just film the music musicals. side of it. Like yeah, that exactly. sound of music for me are the only ones I can even uh-huh. watch. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, so I'm always, I'm always going to be excited for a Spielberg movie. And um, <laughs> obviously, uh, I just wish Spielberg had done cats, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, but I, actually he did. Um, sooner, sooner <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be fun. A lot of people don't know just, that. It'd be kind of funny if he just was like, yeah, I actually have directed 453 films. Just, I never, I'm just always busy, man. Yeah. I just, I don't like to be, uh, I, I am Willie Letty. can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just work on these techniques. I try stuff out with uh, under Different all things. these other names. Yeah. Um, he's got like a Rolodex. It's like, Letty is spinny <laughs> camera guy. That's yeah. right. Okay. That's what I'll do. Right. And action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good bit. No, I mean, I, I think Sp- I, I'm in the camp of obviously I'm the big Spielberg guy here, but um, I'm I'm always hopeful that he's going to ha- that he has one more like a plus movie somewhere oh, in does, there. And, sure. and I'm not I don't know if it'll happen or not. And I don't know if it'll be this one or not, but I'm always going to be excited for the, the possibility, the opportunity that that he's going to put something to screen. And that, I thought the trailer was great. I thought I did a great job of kind of s- setting the stage for what this is for people who don't know what West Side Story yeah. is, but also um, I think at least making it very clear that like this is a this is a remake. This is paying homage to a very very famous popular film from uh you know sixty fifty years ago, or whatever. So I, I dig I dig what they did with that trailer. Yeah, not sure. I dig. I would love it if if they'd spent the last year trying to figure out how to digitally take Ansel Elgort out of the movie, yeah. you know, and pull the Christopher Plummer thing. But uh, that's maybe not super easy to do given you know the the, uh, the way it works. Spielberg's next movie is. Also, with I mean, he's been working with Tony Kushner so much, um, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah. biogra- something out about a biographical. Do you know that it's like about his childhood? Yeah, yeah. uh huh, yeah. That'd be that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that I'm, could I'm be like another idea. kind of Schindler's listy where he goes like really right smaller and more mm-hmm. artful mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. he's definitely got one or two great ones out him. He's he's he he's on a weirdly a, a bit of a cold streak. Look, his cold mm-hmm. is different than other people's. Right. Uh, but since Munich, you know, um, you've got the Indiana Jones movie that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Tintin, which wasn't awful, but didn't wasn't a cultural thing. Right. War Horse, same. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Bridge of Spies, very good to great. So those are sure. the two. And then BFG, good, but didn't really penetrate, right? Um, mm-hmm. The Post, which is terrible, but you like it. That's fine. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be wrong on that one. Ready Player One, which didn't land, and now he's got one mm-hmm. side story. So, as far as, and, right. but that's like 15, 16 years of movies, weirdly. But it, it right. seems like he's still making great, making great work. Um, obviously, because right. I think Bridge of Spies and certainly Lincoln help with that. But yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's several, even like War Horse, which is one of my probably five least yeah. favorite Spielberg movies, had like, I think got six or eight Oscar nominees. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, so it's even when he puts out a subpar movie for him. Or one that doesn't land quite the same way um, culturally, it still usually is is pretty successful. That, so, that movie too. I was thinking about that movie the other day because it was like it had such a good cast for three mm-hmm. years later. Because it's like Cumberbatch yeah, and Tom Hiddleston. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's very well casted. If you were, if it was like a fantasy keeper league, it would be the most successful <laughs> movie of all time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It just it's. I mean, the the real bummer with that movie is just the the kid who's the lead, whose name I I don't even know, um, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, is just 
I mean, good luck, man. You're you're doing you're trying your best. I can tell, but oof, this ain't <laughs> this just really isn't quite quite doing the 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 deed here. But um, you know, you get what you get sometimes. So. Also, just a crap horse. Yeah, this wasn't a good horse. <laughs> wasn't a great horse, and you can't. You just I I mean. I can't even think of that movie without thinking of Whoa Horse, yeah, <laughs> like right, the way that that just your boy is. Toby Kebbell too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There so you go. Can't what, cast Toby Kebbell. Yeah, you know that jinx. That's it. your problem there. Don't don't do that. Yep. Don't do that. All right. So well, that's we'll kind of pop in on these on trailer talk a few more times. I'm sure we can as we get as we get into serious movie season. Um, the next thing I want to talk about movie news wise is uh, this is a big deal. Christopher Nolan. Is heading mm. to Universal from WB now. If you don't know, if you don't understand why this is a big deal, that you know Christopher Nolan is right now kind of the really only director. Um, it's kind of like a franchise to his own self, right? It's like if mm. you know Marvel left Disney and went. Obviously, not that successful, but he he opens man. He's, sure. He makes a lot of people a lot of money, and he's been in partnership with at Warner Brothers since what Insomnia. Yeah, I think so. so. And then obviously the the Dark Knight films and everything since. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a big deal. He's he's a noted uh, MacGruber fan. Mm-hmm. MacGruber obviously is a NBC Universal property. So I think he's just trying to get in because he wants to do the movie after the television show breaks the world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah but, man. And then big, we so that deal. gets that opens up MacGruber, Christopher Nolan, and. Christopher Nolan directing Fast Eleven, so it's a huge win I mean, for all for this podcast. Certainly, it, it feels like we willed this into existence. Honestly, this is like manifestation of of our dreams um, coming together. Yeah, I, you and I talked about Nolan. What movie? It might have been Memento because I think we did Memento right before Tenet came out. Yeah, and I don't think Kent was on that episode either. So I think you and I spent a good chunk of time talking about Nolan and the name value and, and sort of having a brand unto himself sure. uh, in a way that very few other filmmakers do. I think Jordan Peele maybe is yeah. in that camp now, especially with the, the, the sort of uh, stable of directors mm-hmm. that he's working with and his, his production and whatnot. Tarantino so that's, that's part too. of it too. Yeah. Tarantino, Fincher, Scorsese to, to some extent, even, although honestly, man, I don't know. If Fincher does, meaning certainly to movie people for sure, sure. But sure. I don't know. No, I've, yeah, I, I think, and not saying he, he he. I love David Fincher. He should have that, but mm-hmm. but I don't know because his stuff is so subtly stylized. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. Like, oh, this is a David Fincher movie, unless you're a movie, you know, unless you're kind of yeah. a cinephile. For sure, the or, thing that I those guys have. The, the, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, the thing that Fincher and Scorsese have that Nolan also has is that they can just show up to whatever studio or Netflix at this point that they want. And they say, my name's Martin Scorsese and I want, uh, $400 million to do a thing. Mm -hmm. And those studios all say, okay, yeah, no problem, man. We, we, we get it. Um, Fincher still has that, but you're totally right. As far as he's not creating, um, he's not, he's not a blockbuster unto himself. Um, the way that Christopher Nolan is even with a movie like Tenet that, that did not land with audiences or critics really 
yeah. the way that you would usually expect from a Nolan movie. It still was, I think, the biggest movie of 2020 for yeah. whatever that's worth, given it that, means nothing, um, but we couldn't yeah. go to the movies and stuff. But it still was a it was it was still like one of the only I mean, and by I mean, like one of the five movies that broke through um, in in 2020. Yep. So. That still is is a thing, but yeah, this is a big deal. Um, he clearly was he was not happy with Warner Brothers. Um, was that creative? Or the way financial? that they handled Tenet. Oh, it was where they handled um, Tenet. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the creative side of yeah. He took a lot of flack, some I think justified and some not justified for for being very forceful about I want my movie to be in movie theaters, not right. on uh, streaming and took a lot of crap for that because it's a pandemic and that didn't, you know, the optics of that aren't great. But on the flip side of that, you got a lot of theater distributors and retailers that are like, thank you because we literally didn't have a movie to show Mm -hmm. for years and for basically a year. Um, So it's, you know, I think there's, I'm interested. I think there's some pettiness and to both sides of that, but he's, he's clearly won it out. It's an interesting point too. I hadn't really thought about on the, on the streaming thing. It may change. No, that won't change a bit. They'll still be the same. Warner Brothers, which we've dumped on a lot because of mm-hmm. these like new Harry Potter movies that are terrible. I'll, I put most of the DC universe blame at Warner Brothers' foots, not DC's, because um, mm-hmm. they're supposed to make movies at Warner Brothers. <laughs> That's their job. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like they're the strongest creative. In gosh, what a what a great historical studio! It just doesn't seem like they've really done what they were doing the mm-hmm. last ten years or so. Um, For sure. And I'm wondering these these people that really want stuff shown on the big screen and want leverage in that. I mean, I can't imagine any of them would sign with Warner Brothers because they own a they own H, you know they're partnered with HBO Max and it's so easy for them to yeah. just kick stuff over to that. Um, yeah. And I you know Universal of you know has Peacock, but mm-hmm. that's a harder sell for everyone in the audience to go. You know you know what I mean I mean HBO yeah, Max is sure. tier one with with Netflix streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so yeah, it, it's, it's very easy for W Warner brothers to go, oh, okay, we're going to do a co-release of this. Sorry. There's nothing you can do about it because right. this is still the same company. Obviously these things can get worked out contractually now that we have precedent for it. But I, I would, I would mm-hmm. think these really hardcore Tarantino, Nolan people that say you can only see my movie in a theater would never go to a mm-hmm. Warner brothers now, and maybe even not a, a Disney for a while until that's all worked out. Yeah, it's definitely going to change the way the contracts are negotiated with these people as well. And but I, I think you're spot on because HBO Max, H, I mean Warner Brothers has a vested interest in moving their movies, in moving movies over to their streaming service, and and they can uh, sell it to the public. Whereas you couldn't do that exactly. On Peacock, right? Yeah, you couldn't go for sure, for sure. Yeah, tenants on Peacock um, right after Frasier and mm-hmm. you know Watford <laughs> right, versus West right. Ham. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And you and I are like, sweet. That sounds great. That's <laughs> yeah, a, I love people. That's a Saturday afternoon right there. Um, <laughs> exactly. But it, yeah, it's it's a different it's a different marketing scheme than than what HBO Max. I mean, I think HBO Max has done an incredible yes. job. Warner Brothers in, in total done a fantastic job of making that service what it is. Yes. I mean, that's become that might be the first one I click on when I'm looking for stuff stuff right now. And maybe that'll shift and change over over time. But um, they've done a, a great job of of saying, hey, we're we're gonna have like we're going to have first run movies and by first run movies, we mean like movies you might actually want to see, mm-hmm. not like, Oh, Hey, Jason Momoa is in another movie. Cool. Um, which, you know, Netflix has going for it. I've been looking forward, maybe just a Jason Momoa streaming platform. <laughs> just, you kind of know what you're in for. Momoa plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. you know, some, he's going to look jacked, but swear he doesn't work out. 
and he's some kind of <laughs> medieval slash surfer and he's mm-hmm. just gonna fight sure. stuff and it's gonna be a d plus and we got literally hundreds of them on on momoa plus right just ready to go at all times yeah. um stop yeah. clouding my I, netflix I and my hbo max and my apple tv with that like <laughs> right let's just yeah. host that just on, give me momoa time. all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> if i'm in the mood for momoa i'll go there <laughs> Don't make me search for it. Uh, I got to get my Momoa on. Then it's going to clog up my feed, you know, and start. My algo is going to be all wonky, and I don't want people to know that. When you're Momoa strong, you know, Momoa Nation, Momoa up. Momoa Nation, Momoa up. Um, We did it. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, anyway, no one moving is a big deal. Uh, Every studio was in discussions with him. Apple was the one, and I think that was kind of like the last one to, to drop out of it. Part of the reason being his demands. Um, this was also a, like a sort of a, a point of contention in our Discord. Some people were like really grouchy about this. I'll be honest; I think all this is totally fine for me personally. But and then I think you'll you will agree. It's well, I'm a huge if nothing diva, else. So I, I respect <laughs> exactly exactly. If nothing else, I think it's it's pretty easily clear why. Uh, Pretty much every studio, Universal ended up being the ones that win, obviously, but I think any studio would have signed up for this. Um, yeah, go through the, so he go gets, through the deal points on it, yeah. So he gets a he gets $100 million to make his movie. Um, he gets a promise of at least $100 million on top of that in marketing. Uh, he gets 20%. He gets total creative control. Uh, he gets 20% of first dollar gross uh, and a blackout period for which the studio, uh, for the studio where they can't, they can't release another movie. So Universal can't put a movie, another movie out three weeks before or three weeks after his next movie comes out. And then he gets a hundred day theatrical window as compared to uh what I mean, ninety days used to be like the bare minimum and that has, has shrunk over time and now we're getting lots of obviously we're getting lots of day and date with you know, you can see it in theaters or on platform X, uh, or like Disney, I think Shang Chi is like a forty-five day window where it's in theaters, and then it it hops over to yeah. Disney Plus. Um, but the thing there to me, like the very key, some of that stuff sound it's it sounds super diva y, and it, and it probably is. Um, but I think number one, uh, this is pre- this is not outlandish compared yeah. to what a lot of a lot of uh, directors are are or filmmakers are are going for. Actors, especially studios, are very used to dealing with this kind mm-hmm. of thing. It just usually doesn't become public. Um, so that's, that's part of it. But to me, the key is it's only gonna cost me a hundred million dollars to make a Christopher Nolan movie. Okay, great. Like I'll, I will return a profit on that immediately. That's no problem whatsoever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and a hundred million in marketing for a Nolan movie is, is yeah, they'll go over on that, you know, for sure. Um, for sure. The one thing I will say is man, his, his next mover movie, I would say better be a heater. For his sake, yeah, right? For don't, sure. Then don't yeah. put out your dud next. Yeah. Because you're... Just- and that might be... That's a real factor because, I I mean, I like all the Nolan movies. Uh, I think even Tenet, I was like, you know, low A, A minus, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, But he has had diminishing returns over the last few years, except with the exception of Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is yeah. a pretty great film that kind of gets forgotten because it doesn't feel super Nolan-y. Yeah. But, you know, his Dark Knight Rises is... The, uh, is Adam bomb movie, right? Is that the first? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Universal? about Oppenheimer. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a pretty ballsy. 
So. Yeah, for sure. That's, for sure. That's yeah. interesting. That'll be interesting. What if it's just like a super quiet period yeah. piece? Movie? What if it's like, like um, just... what's that movie we always make fun of with uh, the Dalton Trombo movie? Yeah. Where it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, really just... like, this, what was this shot right. on? Yeah. <laughs> but then it's still just like, yeah, the... boom. Right. Boom. <laughs> Can't quite hear what he's saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a. It's like Ken <laughs> said in the thing, it's going to be Tom Hardy is Oppenheimer like. What? What? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you're right. It, it's a it's a risky one, and and there has been slight diminishing returns since The Dark Knight. On but some who of, knows some of how movies, many movies that there? Uh, like he's got at least in the pot, you know, maybe not sure. scripting this one next, but they're like, all right, we're going to probably, it's going to be pretty tight on Oppenheimer yeah. fest, but he said he's got another right. Batman after that, or, you know, it's not going to be another Batman, but you right, know what yeah, I mean? There's an worth, inception waiting. Right. Yeah, they know sure. that. You, you want to be in the Christopher Nolan business. So even if you, yeah. even if somehow the Oppenheimer movie turns out to be like, a money loser his version of ammonite yeah. or something um you're and it, you you lose money on it you've got to feel pretty good about but we have the existing relationship with this guy now yeah. and he's got these other movie and also maybe he directs a fast movie right. at some point or maybe he comes in for uh, a jurassic park movie mm. you know or or whatever else and we'll feel really good yeah, we'll about saying 5x the total of the deal on that. exactly yeah. exactly yeah and yeah He's he has his ammonite. And they're like, what what did you spend the hundred million on? He's like, catering. <laughs> just, yeah. It, just, it was awesome. <laughs> wanted to have a sweet spread. What do you want? It was say a heck of a yeah. spread. Jim Nance came by though. He would not stop coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got we're gonna need more in the budget, actually. He's he's brought it up a touch. Uh it's tough. It's All tough. right. A couple more things here in, in entertainment news before we before we wrap this up. Uh melancholy. Norm died. Oh man. That was sad. We're a little late. You okay, to the, buddy. That's a tough one for you. I love Norm, man. Special yeah, movie. Norm was awesome. He was so funny, obviously. And he was that comedian. Um, for me, I was talking about this with my wife. He was that comedian. Um, he was the first comedian I ever saw that made my parents, my mom and my stepdad, like laugh when they didn't want to laugh in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Yeah. Even like you sure. know, he's being a little dirty or being purposefully <laughs> stupid and stuff he made my mom laugh in a way where she would stop herself mm-hmm. and say oh no yeah that's not fun and that's a really powerful thing when you're a kid right when you see that yeah oh no this person's making my mom doesn't want to laugh and she's dying right now um and sure. i was a dirty work uh saw dirty work a billion times when i was a kid one of my yeah. favorite 90s comedies <laughs> um and uh love norm and, and always just found his Sensibility, loved his weekend update, loved his stand-up, loved him as a talk show guest. Weird, I told you, I sent you this, people don't talk about this, there was a weird era from like 99 to 2002 where he was really good looking. He looked like an old movie star for a while. Uh, mm. <laughs> so I never yeah. thought people talked about this enough. It was weird. He would show up and be normal. You're like, this guy's got really nice blue eyes. He's got jaws coming in. <laughs> right, um, yeah. Yeah. That was always funny, but uh, yeah, he was the best. He's he's uh, stare, and and this has been said a million times in the last week as people you know eulogize him, and and, and gosh, what a shock because no one knew obviously how, how right. ill he was, right? Um, but so funny and so uniquely funny, you know, completely mm-hmm. derivative of no one and influential of millions, certainly our generation, 
mm-hmm. um, and, and a little older than us. Um, I don't know if much younger than us would be as big of norm people as we might be kind of the cutoff, sure. but, uh, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I adored the man. I'm so, I'm so sad, but it's been, it's been in the age of YouTube. I hate the, the right. silver lining of when these people die is you, you get to kind of everyone, you know, just goes on a run where they're sharing stuff and talking about stuff and stuff, mm-hmm. some stuff you knew and forgot about some stuff you never knew. And that's been such a pleasant experience. But then you go, Oh yeah, but we're not going to get any more new norm. Right. And norm is the, the biggest tragedy. Out, well, the biggest tragedy is that he was, you know, someone's dad and someone's friend and all these things. And that's, that's mm-hmm. sad. But the biggest tragically publicly is, um, to me is he would have been such a funny old guy because he kind of yeah. was a crusty old man at 27. And so it would have been really <laughs> funny yeah. to watch 78 year old Norm on even more just confused by the world, but still funny. Um, you know, on, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon or whatever the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume that'll right. be the only one that lasts because. The universe is cruel. <laughs> um, no, nah, it's Gordon. Yeah. Gordon will oh, be yeah, on for true. 40 more years. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Why it. are we singing in the car? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, want to hear your Norm I, I, I love Norm. I don't think I loved him as much as you do because he, he's one of your like true like icon comedians. But you and I both are, I think... <sighs> I think part of our, um, if I'm, if I may be sentimental for a moment, oh, I, no. I think part of our friendship, uh, and then I'll, ma- I'll make fun of you. Don't worry. Thank I'll bring you, you back. I'm around. just going to doodle um, aimlessly while you do this. Cause I don't know how to handle nice. <laughs> can't things. be earnest. But yeah. I think part of, part of our, our friendship and our relationship is based on really <sighs> sounds super douchey, but like borderline like studying funny people and what makes people funny and what sure but the big thing for i think for both of us has for a long time has been who do the funny people find funny Mm -hmm. who who is the funniest person that i know who do they find to be funny and i think that is that is norm to a t Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it, Norm McDonald and I don't know what the Mount Rushmore is of of truly truly funny people of like genuinely come out of the womb just the funniest person you've ever met. Um, but I think Norm and and Martin Short are on that that yeah. very very short list. Um, that it's both an of those guys. List. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and obviously Jim Brewer. Uh, no, the, the you get um, you, <laughs> you no, get hey, uh, no, Brian, intentionally funny. <laughs> intentionally funny i draw the line there right um but like seriously i you said unique and i think that's the thing like he i'm not sure that there are five other people that i've ever seen tell a joke who could pull off some of the jokes that he pulled off over the years he just he would do these things that was watching some of the clips that were circulating after this news came out and there were so many of them that it was just like, he's not really even telling a joke, but he's selling this bit. So like the Bob Saget roast, which was a great one where that was making the rounds. Like nothing he was saying was funny at all. And I was dying. Like I was laughing out loud, sitting in my car waiting in like the pickup line to get Cooper from school. Like I just, because the way he was selling it was so funny and, uh, uh, affection for old timey, you know, <laughs> yes, stupid yes. old jokes. That, yes, um, which just, I he, and you he's and I, incredible. The thing that I always lo- you know loved about him is, um, and, and it's another thing you and I have in common. And we always take, we always laugh about this. this. Is one of our 
kind of inside things we say to each other is, I'm weird. You know, what's your taste in comedy? Well, my, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm a little odd. I like jokes. Is that weird? Is that controversial? <laughs> um, right, and so, right. um, and we always talk about there's, especially now, because uh, comedy's become so, um, I don't know, politicized. Not, right? it's, it, it's so activist oriented and all of that. Mm-hmm. You have to have this point of view and all that. And that's all great. I love all that. And when that's done well, that makes mm-hmm. comedy important and awesome. And I, that's wonderful. But sometimes people forget the joke part first and they just go totally sure. in on yeah. persona. And oh my God, for sure. Did Norm have a persona? But, you know, mm-hmm. he had a point of view, which was like always contrarian to whatever, you know. But he mm-hmm. wrote great jokes. He wrote those jokes that make you go, ha, you know. Um, yeah. You know, the joke. Oh, listen, there's a great podcast this week. There's some, been so much, but did you listen to the one Conan and Andy Richter and. I haven't yeah, yet. Good. It was on my list today and I didn't, I two, wasn't able to get two to quotes it. from that that I thought were one. Conan said that joke where, uh, <laughs> Norm, <laughs> Norm was, you know, famous for his OJ jokes and he had, mm. he was on update Gosh. and Conan said this joke came out of the screen and slapped him in the face. It was so funny, you know, <laughs> where he talked about, he said big, uh, development this week in the, uh, in the OJ Simpson case when Johnny Cochran, uh, pulled out the knit cap. <laughs> that was uh, allegedly used by the murderer and found at the crime scene. Case took a bit of a hit immediately after when uh, when OJ suddenly screamed out, "Hey, be careful with that! That's my lucky stabbing hat." <laughs> and, <laughs> and like that's such a like you know that joke's on like eighteen levels of it's so purposefully stupid. And that was what Norm was so yeah. good at is that <laughs> winking. I'm telling you, it's a really dumb joke, but uh-huh. I'm funnier than any witty person you know and the other great right. thing they said I, I think was you know he used to do that thing on update where he would tell a joke the only comedian ever that would and, and uh his producer and head writer for years on snl said they would do the they would do the read through um or pardon me the dress rehearsal for update with with the rest of snl mm-hmm. and you know that's when you really get a feel for especially update jokes if they're going to land or not and he said, "Without he's the only person ever something would bomb in dress rehearsal, and they'd be like, okay, we're gonna take that one out.' And we're gonna go, no, no, we're gonna leave that one. And it's funny, like it didn't mm-hmm. matter that the six hundred people didn't laugh. It was funny, right? And like it was worth mm-hmm. doing because it was funny, and then it would bomb again at sure. the show. And then normally that thing yeah. where you just stare into the camera, you know, mm-hmm. you used to just do that thing yeah. on update where you maybe shuffle yeah. those papers." And just stare. yeah, and he 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 put it on you, yeah. like which was a genius. I mean, just a genius play to be like, no, you're the idiot. Like that, you know, but, this is this is funny. Right. I am right on this, yeah. and and I'm gonna make you feel dumb for not laughing at this. Sometimes joke. And, the audience and, would roll into, it would come around and they'd laugh, but sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. But the thing uh-huh. is, the context of that though, which is, we didn't realize at the time when you're watching Norm Live, is he knows if he tells. One more OJ joke. He's going to lose <laughs> his job. He's going to get fired. Yeah. And he tells it yeah. and then just stares in the camera to Don Olmeyer. And it's basically just like, I effing dare you. Um, yeah. And absolutely. What a, what yeah. a legend for that, you know? Um, yeah. And- no, uh, no, no doubt. I, I think his, I think he's a very brave comedian. Um, yeah. Which and- I hate that term, but I agree. I'm I do you. too. I 100%, 100%. Like, even as I said, I was like, Ugh, I yeah. don't like that. But, but he we really was somebody who <laughs> somewhat synonym for brave that doesn't mean yeah. brave for for right, ballsy. Right. We want to say ballsy, but yeah. you know, you don't always right. want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Play company. For sure. 
but I mean, I think that's part of, to be honest, I think that's part of why he has, I mean, he's run into trouble over the last few years, um, a few times. And, and part of it, I just think is (laughs) he just, he just couldn't let stuff go. If, if something was out there, he didn't really seem to, and, and this is, I don't know. This maybe I'm trying to to dance around it because I'm not as brave as he was. But like, if something stuck out to him as like, no, that's not right or that's not funny, right. then he was always going to continue to call it out right. and go after it. If his and boss, a lot of times that was, for example, yeah. or his boss's boss, for example, was friends with a murderer. You know, pounding around right. with a murderer. Is that what would say? Right. Uh, right. He was going to say something about that, which I'm sure. somehow no one else did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's it alleged was, murder. It's of crazy, course. right? Uh, right. That was the um, best one on the ticket. That interview. That's one of my favorite Norm OJ lines. He was on the ticket, and they asked him, "Do you think OJ killed Nicole Brown?" And he goes, "No, I've thought about it a lot since. I don't think he did. I do think he killed that waiter, though." <laughs> Oh God! God bless his soul. Legend, man. He was funny, one of the man. funniest people yeah. of all time. It just it, it it's it's uh it's a real it's a tough it's a tough loss. It's also tough for for <laughs> Kent agrees with me on this. You're more of a golf guy, but it's tough that he got really into golf over yeah. the last couple of years because I had to unfollow him on yeah, Twitter. So I was like, I just can't even. I, can't I did take any you don't want golf content, and you couldn't. Yeah. That another great norm thing. You're like, is this a bit? Because we're on year three of him. <laughs> it's one thing right. that I like right. golf. One thing to tweet about golf, someone misses a chip in a major, Phil Mickelson does something. <laughs> right, he was breaking right. down putts by yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> the guy that's going to finish 11th in the yeah. Fortnite classic or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was wonderful. But you like that's yeah. that thing of you love that that was happening. You just didn't want it clogging up your feed. But in a, in a vacuum, yeah. it's really funny that Norm was... For tweeting sure. really new about nuanced <laughs> golf stuff all the time. You know what I mean? Like as an idea, that's really funny. Yeah. But in practice, yeah, that's a, that's a mute. Well, uh, sure. God bless you, Norm. Rest in peace, my friend. Thanks for all the laughs for literally almost thirty years of of my life. Yeah. Um. Mm. And uh, that's that's awesome. Now, I mean, Turd Ferguson. Turd it's Ferguson's a funny, name. funny name. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, gum. Yeah, uh, man, I know. Love it What's so great much. about that impression is it's pretty good, Burt Reynolds, but he's also kind of doing Norm. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah, great for sure. It, it, That's like the first. Sorry, I yeah. we wrapped it up no, and then I brought it right back. But, but Celebrity Jeopardy. <sighs> there are other bits that I that I because I was aware of the Sandler Farley sure. era of of Saturday Night Live. Um, but the, the celebrity jeopardy and him as Burt Reynolds slash turd Ferguson, those are like, I think those are probably the first, yeah, the, the first Saturday night live, uh, skits that really resonated Mm -hmm. and, and that I like remembered later, like to the point that when I was in my freshman year of college, when I. Uh, got into the dorm and had uh, Song Spy because we couldn't get Napster, but I had Song Spy on my computer. Like I downloaded like multiple CDs full of yeah, just the audio of those bits. I had his they, just, old, they stuck out to me so much. I used to download illegally. This is this is when you realize YouTube was a great idea because you used to have to YouTube audio <laughs> only basically and download it. Yeah, 
<laughs> clips. Like I had music, yeah. obviously, but I had all those. Like when he would go on Dennis Miller and talk about smoking, sure. which is one of the all-time ones, and then he and Spade <laughs> went on once on Dennis Miller, and he just find both of those on YouTube um, if you sure. haven't. When he he uh, uh, just savages Spade like out of nowhere. It's one of the funnier. Um, <laughs> one of the fun- <laughs> And Spade's like, wow, I didn't see it coming. Um, it's a great, <laughs> it's one of the great, just uh, subtle comedy gosh. stabs of all time. But, um, but anyway, so he, yeah, he, yeah he's, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. He was, he was completely unique and, and loved by many. So God bless yeah. you, Norm, again. All righty. Well, that was movie news. Um, we'll hopefully have some other stuff as we get into the season. Um, more mo- more good movies on both streaming and hopefully some in theaters. We've got, we'll start, get, you know, the awards race, which I think, you know, at least, look, these movies c- could come out and suck, but there's some big hitters mm-hmm. with stuff coming yeah. out this year. So it, it shapes up before we've seen sure. any of the movies to look like it's going to be a pretty, pretty rocking Oscar season. So mm-hmm. um, we shall see. So yeah. anyway, do you want to do a weekly recommend or do you want to save that for when sure. Kent's back yeah. or what do you got? Yeah, we can do a weekly well, recommend. Um, all right, I'll throw it over to I'll, you I'll, then. Yeah, sweet. Since we just talked about Norm, one of the funniest people mm. of all time, um, I will recommend uh, a, a, another funniest person of all time, funniest people of all time adjacent project. Uh, Mur- Only Murders in the Building mm. on, on Hulu. Yeah. I think we're five episodes in. It's Steve Martin, it's Martin Short, and the Selena The funniest Gomez. person in the world, Selena Gomez, yep. <laughs> exactly that's who i was referring Obviously. to no, she's doing a great job by the way she's she really i mean this it's not this isn't a straight comedy by any means so that's part of it but like again she's she is perpetually on screen with two of the funniest people mm-hmm. ever in the history of of uh comedy and she's uh she's holding her own she's doing and a great those job are not it, so. particularly easy people to yeah. act off of either yeah. as funny as they are because steve martin is very for sure kind of un- low energy and martin short of course is not is, is not of the, right. the higher end, right? Cool, you're digging. Well, I'm both like super. I think unconventional comedians, and in, in, yes. in, is especially in, film. in terms of like how they think about things yeah. and and the 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 speed with which they react to stuff. I mean, it's that's it's not an easy not an easy combination to work with, and she she's doing a really great job. Yeah, it's five episodes in. Uh, they're thirty minutes long, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're super super easy to to get through. They're doing the week by week thing on Hulu. Uh, but the concept is just it's uh, there's a it, they're essentially they're producing a podcast a, a true crime podcast about a murder that took place in their building and they are investigating it and they obviously have no um, <laughs> investigative skills or knowledge of uh, police investigations or anything like that so they're just kind of winging it um, and it's it's a lot of fun and and every episode so far. It's not like a, it's not like Thirty Rock or something where it's kind of a, like a like ten laughs a minute kind of bit, yeah. but um, but every episode has has caused me to to laugh out loud a couple of times at least, and uh, there's a couple of really funny cameos that have popped up as well, and um, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying. It. I'm not it's it's already gotten picked up for a second season, so it's not a limited release kind of thing, but um, it's it's highly entertaining, and again, it's Martin Short, Steve Martin, it's. If you think we're not going to recommend that, I don't know what to tell you. That's <laughs> that's part of the brand here. So I'm digging it a lot. Well, cool. I've been I've been recommending a book, kind of an interesting one. Uh, the Happy Trader. Have I talked to you at all about this? I think this no, might be a I don't think so. Up your alley. It's written by Simon Cooper, who did that Barcelona book I recommended to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The second book out this year. This one is not related to soccer. Um, it's also might be called. I read it. It's one of those things. I read it. It was on Audible. 
love Simon Cooper. He did Soccernomics too, 10 years ago. I don't know if you remember that book, mm-hmm. but, and then, um, and then I, I downloaded it and it was great. And then like I saw it was being released like next week and I was like, what? And it has a different title. I think I listened to the English version, which was on Audible, like England oh, English. Okay. And now uh, it's being released in the States gotcha. under a new title. So look for either gotcha. The Happy Trader, which is what I read, or Spies, Lies, and Exile. Um, but anyway, it's about okay. George Blake, who was an English um, MI6 agent who was the like biggest spy for the Russians. It's kind of the Americans kind of thing, but in the, in the 50s and 60s. He was a Dutchman. Sweet. And he was kind of assimilated into... English cult, uh, English, you know, culture through uh, school and stuff. But he was a secret communist and a, a man of extreme faith, and uh, was he gave them all kinds of secrets that led to um, a lot of death, probably. And he's very, uh, but he anyway, he went to jail, and this is not spoilery; it's all in the first like ten pages. And then he escaped after five years, really cool prison escape, and then he lived in Russia oh. for like forty more years, and. Uh, and then, but the the Simon Cooper because he's also Dutch was able to interview him and go to Russia and interview him as an old man. He just died like three years ago. This guy, um, George Blake. So anyway, wow. really cool kind of um, espionage, true story. And the interesting thing is, you know, unlike guys that get caught and die, or get caught and go to prison, or get caught and then go to Russia and then die of drink, he lived like forty more years <laughs> and was able to see like the Soviet Union fall and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting if you're into. John Le Carre or um, you mm-hmm. know, any of that kind of um espionage stuff, I would recommend it. Nice. Nice. That sounds cool. I love you know, I love yeah. uh Cold War exactly. spy stuff. Very cold yeah. worry. That sounds awesome. Very nice. And he's a likable character, which is also weird too. I mean, you don't agree with his decisions because <laughs> I he was like <laughs> kind of um he was so naive and like very like um religious. That never occurred. He never connected the dots that, you know, he wanted this perfect communist world, which whatever. And then, Uh but he would steal secrets, which would then lead to those spies he was ratting out getting executed. (laughs) Right. He never was able to like reckon that. And so reckon Uh with that rather. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds great. All right. Well, there's a couple recommends. And then, uh, Kent recommends the Eagles greatest hits volume one and two. Right. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And all Linda Cardellini movies. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Scooby-Doo. Especially Scooby-Doo. All right. Well, we will be back later in the week with a VIP episode. Brian, what are we talking about the VIP this week? Or in the VIP? We are celebrating the 15th anniversary of the only film that brought Martin Scorsese an Oscar, The Departed. Oh, man. We're shipping up to Boston. We are. Yeah, we are. shipping up to Boston real hard. (laughs) I'm doing the whole thing. Got my Boston accent. Yeah, me too. What are we talking about? Wicked Smart. Oh, pack the con, have it yet. All right. That's those are good, right? We could be in a movie. Yeah. Obviously. Good. Yeah. Well, they're better than Bill Simmons. Somewhere Bill it, Simmons from, just started bleeding yeah. from the years. Yeah. I'll have the chicken palm. Alrighty. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get out of here before it gets too messy. We got we got out pretty clean. Uh alrighty. Well, take care everyone. Uh make sure to join the VIP at Mad About Movies Podcast. Slash VIP. There's all kinds of goodies in there. You get an extra episode a week on a throwback like The Departed. We have an awesome Discord with hundreds of people. No exaggeration. Hundreds of people. Listeners just like you are in there talking movies, talking music, talking culture, talking nonsense um, with us. And as we always say, we are not the cell of the Discord. We're in there. We're talking. We're doing stuff. But uh, it's mostly just an online community of people like you that listen to movie podcasts and are nerds 
about this stuff or just people that like movies and maybe aren't nerds. But uh, it's a good community to join. And you can join that for five bucks a month at Mad About Movies Podcast slash VIP. Get an extra episode, all kinds of other goodies too, and the Discord. So check that out. And uh, until next time, we will see you on, I don't know, some streaming platform because who cares? Play it.